You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kapitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Mom Halo podcast. I'm your host, Alana Kafitz, and I'm so excited to be here today with a new friend and new expert to us. Let's give a warm welcome to Michelle Barron, everybody. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Hi. I'm on. Hi, everyone. I'm thanks, Alana. I'm so excited to be here uh, and to connect with the Mom Halo group. It's just such an awesome group of people. I'm like beyond thrilled. Well, we're very excited to have you. I would love for you to tell our friends and listeners today who you are and where you're from and what you do. So take us through. Go for it. Yes, I'm Michelle Barron. I'm an optometrist in North York, Toronto, uh, and also a mom of two. And uh, I've been in practice for about a decade. And uh, through my career, it's really starting to evolve. Uh, My focus has really been pediatric and family care. And I've seen my little kid patients grow up. And especially as a mom, I've really been able to relate to them. And uh, as a mom of two and surviving this pandemic in the last two years and, you know, being more tired and, and seeing that reflect in the mirror and on Instagram and everywhere, you know, I've also started to uh, transform into uh, the world of ocular aesthetics and, uh, you know, what we can do to enhance our eyes and the beauty and how we feel uh, from a confidence point of view, but making sure it's all done safely uh, and healthy. And that's, uh, you know, my focus and practice. And outside of that, I'm really just surviving with my four-year-old and two-year-old and and uh, enjoying uh, the days as they come. I love that so much. Take us through the, the practice right now. When somebody is calling you, Michelle, What's the chief complaint from from parent parenting folks or just regular folks or those coming with their kiddos? Why is somebody calling you right now? What's the chief complaint right now, March 2022? So, so I mean, really March 2022, and if you take it back through the last two years, um, the the real big complaint and concern that parents are having for their kids is really the amount of screen time we've had with our kids over the last two years. Uh, screen time was always a concern, even before the pandemic. It was a talk, you know, I would have with parents pretty much every eye exam, but it's just been put under the microscope because our our lives are so different. You know, so the number one concern parents are coming in is saying, you know, what amount of screen time should my kids have? Because it's been so much, whether it's online school or not online school, even when it's not, it's, you know, just how we've been socializing and connecting. And, and uh, so I think the biggest message I'm trying to get across to parents at this point is we have to give ourselves grace. We have to give ourselves permission 
you know, to allow for screens, to make room for them. You know, life is all about balance. And that's really the messaging when it comes to screens as well. You know, absolutely. Is there a link between screen time and the need for glasses? There is. The research proves it. Um, You know, but I think if we take things in moderation and we realize we're all in survival mode right now. I mean, even myself, like we've had to make it through. This is pretty much the third winter of lockdown. Uh, you know, we have to give ourselves some forgiveness and I'll break down specific tips with them on how to make things better. But that's it. I think screens, you know, and even for the work at home parent or the work at home adult, you know, on screens, their eyes are tired, they're dry, they're, they're aggravated. And so I think it really is our digital world. I mean, I would have to agree a million percent. And that's why I was thrilled to have you and your expertise sort of join us because I do think eye health, eye wellness, um, vision is something that people are starting to really pay attention to now more than ever because of the rise of screen time. Say personally on an anecdotal level, before COVID, we were very strict with sort of limiting screen time, but that's when the world was open and my kids were going to gymnastics every weekend or their grandparents or play dates every day. Um, and now, you know, they're, they see their grandparents on zoom and they're spending out, you know, a few hours a day in front of the screen. I really try to put parameters around it, but I'm concerned about my kids. My mom, my son will say to me sometimes after watching for hours, mom, my eyes are hurting me. Like he literally, my five-year-old is saying, he's espousing my eyes are hurting. Um, and to me, that's what, that to me is when I know we've been watching too much. So, <laughs> right, <let's>, 100. <laughs> so tell me some of the rules and regulations that are just general good policy. Not about, and no, we're not talking about like brain development. We're just talking about vision. What is, Michelle, your sort of top tips, tricks, strategy around screens for adults, for any sort of adult folk, parenting folk, and kiddos? What, what's your go-to? Yeah. So if we break it down, so for adults, especially adults working on a computer all day, and this was even a concern pre-pandemic, just for people who had desk jobs and office jobs. What we tend to to recommend for our adult folk is what we call the 2020 rule. And we make that, you know, easy to remember. We're eye doctors, 2020. Um, you know, so we have that little sort of pun thrown in there. But uh, what we say is after 20 minutes of staring at a screen, look away just for 20 seconds, you know, and I tell my patients this and they roll their eyes. Yeah, right. Like I'm going to be able to roll away, but we're just asking for 20 seconds. And in that 20 seconds, look far away, blink your eyes, you know, to re-moisten them. When we blink, we, we re-lubricate the surface of our eye. When we look far away, we're letting that focusing muscle relax. And that will really help your comfort through the workday. We shouldn't have to be ending our workday with headaches, and eye strain and dry, gritty, irritated eyes. And so by that 2020 rule, that's really going to help you just get more comfort throughout your day. You know, and if that's not doing it enough for you, you know, then we can always look at computer glasses or lenses that might help just keep your eyes more comfortable through the workday, you know, on screens. Uh, you know, there's also blue blocking uh, glasses. That's been a really hot ticket item and conversation point 
through the pandemic. Um, and those, while there's no health benefit to wearing blue blocking glasses, there has been a linked comfort benefit. So where you'll see comfort is less strain on your eyes, uh, less headaches from the screen, and also better sleep patterns because we know that blue light coming off of our devices will stimulate our awake pattern, will keep us up at night. So by wearing the blue blocking glasses, that can just help you have better sleep pattern and then subsequently better mental health that follows from that. You know, so that's really for my adults working from home, take that 20 second break every 20 minutes, you know, consider a computer lens. Uh, to assist with the comfort. When we look at our teenagers, um, I think one of the key things from a, a teenage point of view is really trying to limit that nighttime screen use um, because that does really throw off our sleep pattern um, and they will be late socializing you know, with friends online or gaming or whatnot. You know, so trying to get them to step back an hour before it lights out, which again, pretty unrealistic for kids to do, but that really is the, you know, what research shows or what messaging shows. And if they can't do that, then again, considering the blue light glasses might just at least help them get better quality sleep, um, you know, in a better sleep cycle once they do shut off their devices. For our little kids and even for our teenage kids, um, you know, like I said, we have to give ourselves grace. The screen time sort of guidelines that were created for kids were all created before the pandemic. They weren't created in this type of lifestyle and with this type of use. So we sort of have to throw those out the window and we can use them as general guides. Um, but with, again, giving ourselves some room to entertain our kids and also give us as parents and moms, you know, that mental relief that we need to be on screens. You know, so if they are going to be on screens, one of my biggest tips for kids is Bigger and farther is better than small and close. You know, so where we really see prescriptions come from screen use is when we're staring at them up close. So a tablet or a phone right in our face. If whatever a kid is doing on that tablet or phone could be cast to the TV or projected on a TV, that's already better. You know, it's further from their eye. It's not straining their focus as much. Um, you know, so bigger and farther is better. Taking breaks is important. So while they might be getting a lot of screen time through the day, just like that 2020 rule for adults, if we can break up their screen time and not have it be an hour and a half straight, but if it is going to be an hour and a half, you know, do 30 minutes show here and 30 minutes there and 30 minutes later, you know, that's already better as well. Cause it's that up close and prolonged strain on our eyes that's been linked to glasses. You know, the other thing as parents, it's really all about balance. You know, part of why screens get such a bad rap isn't from the eye, but is from, like you said, that cognitive development and gross motor and fine motor development. And so it's really just making sure that if we are using screens, you know, for whatever purpose, that they're balancing that later on uh, with doing things that help cognitive, you know, gross motor, fine motor skills, you know, so that's not even an eye issue. And something we also learned when we go back to balance is kids that are outside for a hundred minutes a day or more, do you have less of a chance of needing glasses? So there is something really good about natural light, being outdoors and looking at things far away, looking at that horizon that's been linked to less of a chance of needing glasses. And so, well, 
I don't think that 100 minute study was done in Canada in the winter, a little bit unrealistic. If you do look at the amount of time your kids are outside for recess or that walk to and from school, you know, and try to hit as close to 100 minutes towards that in the evening end of day, um, you know, that will also just be beneficial to their eye health or eye development. You know, so those are really it. It's, you know, take breaks, consider balance, um, you know, do it at a further distance. Uh, and that's really it, you know, and the rest part of it is genetics. You know, the rest is to come. Now, a word from our Mom Halo podcast sponsor. Who needs superheroes when we have moms? Kids and Company is Canada's leading provider of childcare with over 100 locations across the country and in the United States. They're celebrating their 20th anniversary this year. And with 20 years of experience in the childcare space comes a ton of innovation in how they cater to their families. They have in-classroom webcams, an app that provides daily updates for parents, a from-scratch menu, and wonderful high-quality educators. These are just a few of the amazing things about Kids and Company. My daughter attends one of their centers and I can vouch for how incredible they are, far beyond others we've attended. They're offering families who register and start care by July 31st, 2022, a waived registration fee that applies to new registrations only. Call their team at one 866 to register for this offer. You won't regret it. Still dealing with leaky diapers? It's time to try Rascal and Friends. Designed with you and your little one in mind, Rascal and Friends Premium Diapers ticks all the boxes. Affordable, safe on sensitive skin, deliciously soft and super absorbent. Plus, their unique design provides up to 12 hours of leak production to keep your baby comfy and dry day and night. Join the thousands of parents making the switch and say goodbye to leaks. Shop Rascal and Friends Premium Diapers, Training Pants, and Sensitive Wipes at Walmart today. That's, I love that, Michelle. I'm so curious about this blue blocking trend because I remember, by the way, as a kiddo, my grandparents telling me when I was like eight or nine that they wore blue blockers. It was like a brand called blue blockers and they were obsessed with this like sort of lens that they would wear all the time. But it was like these sort of really giant aviator style from like the nineties or eighties that like they would wear. And the idea of when you were driving would make vision better at day and night. Like that's was what it was. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. That's so funny. Yeah. Like my parents being obsessed with blue blockers, like they were like, "Oh, this is like game changing." And I remember as a kid putting them on sometimes, being like, well, "I could see," but I thought it was like just you know baloney, but it wasn't. And that's sort of how I felt about the like blue blocking glasses that are sort of of late. This sort of you know frames with like you don't have a script, but like it it does literally reflect light into your eyes um, and those blue visions. I was like, "Is this for real?" But people, but if you're saying it's for real, I mean that. Yeah. So it is and isn't. And so that's a really good point. So yeah. So, so we, so even before computer screens, we've been, um, you know, using tinted lenses to help with different things, you know, certain tints can help migraine sufferers. Um, other tints can help with night driving. So like a yellow tint will help with night driving. A reddish hue can sometimes help with really severe migraine sufferers. So, so that's been in existence for a long time. You know, the blue blocking light, yeah, debunking the myth of blue blocking light is a big one. And you do have to be careful with them because not all lenses are 
created equal. You know, when blue blockers first came out, you know, as eye doctors are like, oh my goodness, people are looking directly into screens all day long. It's radiating blue light back at them. Blue light is the closest wavelength to UV light. This cannot be good for their eyes. We must do something to protect them because UV light and even blue wavelength light can lead to cataracts and macular degeneration. Those are our two sort of diseases we're worried about. So they created blue blockers or blue light blocking. And they said, they went around saying, you have to wear these to keep your eyes healthy if you're looking at the screens all day. And since we've done more research, we've really realized that Yes, blue light is harmful to the eye, but we're talking really big quantities. So if, for example, the amount of blue light coming off of the sun, that's harmful to the eye. And that's why we should be in sunglasses outdoors. But the quantity of blue light coming off of our devices doesn't yet look to be enough to cause eye diseases like cataracts and macular degeneration. So we, that's why I said there's really no health benefit to them. But as they did more research, they did look that the people who wore them did get better comfort on their devices from it and did have better sleep. So that's where we have to sort of debunk these myths because there was back probably about five years ago, eye doctors and opticians really pushing blue light for the health. And we've debunked that. There really is no health benefit to it. What you also have to be careful about is the quality of the lenses, because now these blue blocking lenses are being sold on Amazon or online or, you know, all over the place, and they're not regulated. So we don't know, and I can't speak to the quality of the lenses and even the filter being put on the lenses when they're sold, you know, from, from any source. If you're getting a blue blocker from an optical lab, even if it's an online optical lab, but they're going through optical regulations, they're a licensed optical or a licensed optometry office, they are using coatings or blue blocking filters that have been tested to block out the wavelengths you need to. You know, so I've had patients, you know, I've had a high school patient who said, yeah, she got a pair of of blue blocking glasses for her online school uh, to use because of headaches, but they actually made it worse. And I said, well, we don't even know what kind of plastic lens you're looking through, you know, even just the quality of it. So you do have to be careful with them. Lenses and glasses are a medical device. And so you really should be getting them from somewhere that's regulated and that's making sure it is the proper coding. So, so that was a good point to point out. Now I'm really, I'm really clean. You're saying that because really it's become almost like a fashion trend, you know, where it people has. Are it has. So and I have kids. I know I have kids begging me for glasses and for blue light glasses. And they would say like on their zoom online, online classes, like every day, a new kid would be showing up with glasses. And we really did see a spike in glasses with kids when they were online, especially glasses that just had to help their, their comfort. And I'm really hoping that as we hopefully move out of this pandemic, we'll, we'll see that go down again. That's fascinating to me. <laughs> also, think, you know, sort of t- talking about adult eye health and you know, how much time we spend from looking at our phones to looking at the laptop to looking at the TV. I mean, we're really fucked, Michelle. I mean, it's a lot of time that people are spending on Netflix and 
multi-screen. I mean, I'm literally like, you know, at the tail end of millennialism, but I've always sort of had my iPad and my phone in the TV running at the same time. So it's just multi-sensory yeah. uh, that my eyes are having. And I had astigmatism as a kid that was discovered really late in life. So I'm kind of like, concerned about my general um, eye health. My husband um, has always had eye issues. My kiddos for sure are going to have some um, needs. So let's switch a bit. Yeah. So, I mean, as adults, what we're seeing, you know, in our adult as years, we're really. Parent, yeah. We have a lot. Oh, I'm losing you a little, Alana. Sort of younger uh, mom. Oh, Alana, I've lost you. Are you there? Most are more, I would say. Yes. Sorry. Can you hear me? Oh, we yeah. Are, sorry. I now? totally lost that question. Yeah. No. eloquently about we're talking about multi-screen apps to talk about that go ahead sorry i totally lost that question it was cut out i just heard the end so we were just talking about multi-screen um about yes. what it's like to multi-screen tell us about it yeah so i mean multi-screen is really no different than you know, a single screen, um, you know, as adults from a health perspective, we're really just not giving our eyes that break. Um, and so what we're seeing in adults is a lot of dry eye, um, a lot of eye irritation and dried out eyes just from the overuse of screen time. Whereas dry eye really used to be an old person problem, it's really becoming an everybody problem now. And that's coming from screens. You know, and if we go all day long on our computer and our phone and our devices to then at the end of the day watching a tv that's where you know where we're just not comfortable from a prescription point of view like you said you had astigmatism at a young age it really won't worsen your astigmatism so you can breathe easy about that what you might start to find so as an elder millennial and an elder millennial myself, we're going to start running into our 40s where our reading vision is going to start to go. And what we will often find is the more we abuse our eyes on devices, you know, and strain them and strain that reading, the younger the age we might end up starting to need bifocals. So that's what we're seeing as a trend. You know, those com computer developers and the people who are really staring at screens all day long are coming in at a little bit of a younger age than before, starting to need to wear a bifocal. That's, so when somebody is a parent now um, and you're looking at your kiddo, what are some of the early signs, Michelle, that a kid might require some vision help? When do we know that? And when yes. is the early you can get a kiddo checked? Great question. So we actually, and many moms do not know this. So actually if there's a takeaway for moms to take from this. We actually say first eye exam at six months, which is really young. I'll do a six month check. I've done a few day old check if there's been concerns. Not all doctors are equipped to do children that young um, or feel comfortable doing children that young. So it's always great to call your eye doctor 
before that and see will they take them that young. Sometimes you'll go to someone a little bit more focused in pediatrics until your kiddo turns about three or four or five, and then you can go back to your your generalist. Um, But we do six months to just make sure from a health perspective, everything is looking okay. We check the back of the retina, make sure there's no, no nothing worrisome there. We check that the child's not born with any cataracts and we get a sense of is the eye alignment normal and is there a prescription? Most moms listening to this are going, holy crap, I did not take my kid at six months old. And most moms don't. And so if they've already missed that six month check, totally fine start breathing. You didn't do anything wrong, but then we'd really start to say somewhere between two and three years old, right? As they're starting, you know, preschool and starting to do letter identification and, and use that vision. We want to make sure that there's nothing interfering with their development and learning that could be correctable with glasses. Um, And so tips for parents to look for um, any excessive blinking, eye blinking, uh, any squinting for far away. If you notice that your child is generally clumsy, you know, falling all over the place, that can be a sign. If you ever notice that your child's eye is turning in towards their nose or turning out, Um, uncontrolled, you know, they're not being goofy. That's a big red flag that needs to be checked right away. If you notice when your child's on devices that, or devices or books or anything up close that they're really struggling to know where to hold it, to keep it in focus. So they're sort of pulling it in and out. They're playing with it. Another red flag, Uh, any strange head tilt they might have. So if they're tilting their head to one side or the other, particularly when focusing on something like TVs or screens or books. Uh, Those are red flags that you as a parent can pick up. Children often won't voice that they have eye problems because they don't know any different. Um, I remember this was when I first started practicing. Um, There was a little boy who, he wasn't even that little, you know, he was already in kindergarten. And um, the the mom brought in this boy um, saying that the grandfather sort of noticed that on the playground, he was having trouble, you know, finding where his grandfather was waiting, you know, from the playground where he's waiting on the bench. And he also kept running into like that mesh netting that kids can climb on playgrounds. So the mom brought him in for his first eye check. This kid could not see a thing. He had a huge prescription. How he was already getting through kindergarten, I don't know. And I remember the mom giving, you know, the kid a hard time saying, why didn't you tell me you couldn't see? Why didn't, and I was saying, he didn't know. He doesn't know what vision is supposed to be like. This is how he's always been. So this is how the world looks like for him. And so that's really just, you know, again, important messaging. Kids won't know when they're having a vision issue most of the time. That's where routine checks are so important, um, you know, for us to pick up on and to have early intervention to make sure there's no development of a lazy eye. So, uh, so the best thing you can do is just bring in for, for early intervention and routine checks. But, but those are some of the signs you can pick up as parents. And then when the kids are clued in enough to sort of their own body, things they might say is that their eyes hurt, particularly when they're doing up close work. You might notice a loss of attention very soon into trying to do up close work. They're losing attention, not necessarily because they have an attention issue, but if they can't see what they need to do or if it's work 
for them to have to see what they need to do. They're not going to want to sit there and try to do it. So loss of attention is a big one. Um, you know, if they ever bring up that they're seeing blurry or that they're seeing double, you know, those are some of the big ones to, again, bring in your kids if you, if you hear those concerns. But the best thing you can do is really just push for routine, routine checks with them. I find it fascinating, Michelle. Maybe you can speak to this, but maybe it's just a societal thing. But I feel like no one messes with their dental appointments. Like you have your kid on a routine. They're at the dentist like as soon as possible. I feel like eyes don't get the same love. Why do you think that is that people don't know to do these? I mean, yeah. I'm talking the only person Great. who's been on family is Henry and it's because of his condition. My other two littles have never actually had an eye exam and I'm going to bring them into you ASAP. Why? 100. So great question. Um, I think to be honest, it's, it's part of the downfall of, of our profession, you know, and it's, and it's embarrassing really. And that's where I love, you know, speaking with mom groups and, and, and infant groups to really get that messaging out on the importance of early intervention. Um, you know, dental gets a lot of, a lot of attention just in general, um, but I think now, I think now there is more awareness, like you said, because of the devices and the screens our kids are using, I think there is, there is a shift and an improvement, you know, on our education, um, you know, where to point fingers. I think it's a big part of our profession, you know, a little part, possibly pediatricians, um, you know, in just getting that messaging across with that consistent message. But but you're not the first mom to say that. And I'll have lots of parents, you know, bring in their five, six, seven-year-olds, you know, even 12 and 13-year-olds saying, this is the first time they've had their eyes checked because they, it looks like they can see things far away. Uh, you know, so so that messaging definitely needs to be improved. And and my mission, and you're helping this be possible by uh, by getting the word out to your to your community. So that's awesome. Thank you. Well, I have a soft spot for it because I was a very very late reader, and it's because that stigmatism I had as a kiddo wasn't discovered till I was nine years old, and I wow. had a really really strong not just learning disability, but I could not see the goddamn page in front of me, and then it yeah. wasn't until that got corrected that I really started to love reading and writing so I, I feel it hits really close to home that why isn't this just like you know part of the routines of life and maybe because there's a financial burden because not it's you know it's a different uh, I think line item and you know vision and I think teeth and eating or whatever it is or it's, it's just completely different and I think uh, I'm really wanting to help spread the gospel about sort of ocular health because I think it's so crucial Michelle we really need to get our moms and be the change makers here um and hopefully it wasn't a pandemic that made us do it but we gotta start looking at our eyes man for real yeah yeah and 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 to go back to that with learning 80 percent of learning is visual and you know you know again talking about where does it stem from even in the school boards you know if, if there are learning disabilities they really focus on speech and they focus on language and there's very little support in the vision world and again a lot of optometrists especially developmental optometrists who focus in on um you know how vision develops and how to functionally use it for for learning is really trying to push the messaging 80% of learning is visual so if that visual system isn't working if the eyes aren't 
aren't sending the message to the brain, we start to run into big problems. You know, and another important stat to know is one in four children will have a visual problem and will have a visual problem that will impact learning. So, you know, as much as we can intervene as soon as possible, we can really make a difference. Um, You know, and we'll see children who have difficulty focusing their eyes for a prolonged period of time, or even just can't see because they have a prescription. Once we start to work on that, you know, their reading just takes off, their confidence takes off, their learning takes off, their their athleticism, their hand-eye coordination. So it, it goes to learning, it goes to really all skills of life. Say that I can't help but Matt like picture Charlie Sheen in that baseball movie where it's like, uh, and he gets glasses, he finally can pitch properly because he he got glasses at a much later. I gotta find the clip. I'll I'll, I'll link it here. But anyways, right, uh, perfect. Switch gears a bit. Let's talk about glasses and contact lens management because I think for some folks, contacts and lenses, and uh, you know, when you get glasses for little kiddos. They're expensive and folks are just like, they're going to lose them. They're going to break them. I had to replace them. What's your best tip for just staying on top of our teaching or instilling your kiddos, staying on top of their glasses? How do we do that, Michelle? Yeah, that's a hard one. That, you know, a lot of it depends on how often they have to wear it. In a lot of ways, it's easier for the kids that have to wear their glasses all the time. You know, the ones that really can't see without glasses, they often do a better job at keeping their glasses in check because they're on their face. Uh, You know, the ones who are sort of part-time wearers where they have to wear it just for reading or just for certain activities, that's where we often they get lost or or not used as much. Um, One of my favorite brands, so a brand in glasses that's really changing the game for kids' glasses is called the Nano, N-A-N-O. I have no financial link to them whatsoever, but I just absolutely love their product. And they are super durable glasses and they stay break proof. And I'll often, uh, you know, make a bet with my patients if they can break them or not. And the parents are never all that happy (laughs) about me tempting them, but they're really durable. So I think I think the products are getting better for kids. I think we've recognized that kids just can't wear glasses and not break them. Uh, you know, so the nano has really been a game changer in allowing kids to have really cute looking glasses that are also pretty indestructible, you know, so for any first time wearers or kid wearers, that's a brand I would definitely, you know, explore for parents, uh, is the nano. They also sometimes come with head straps for those little infant babies that have to wear glasses or with little plastic rubber things behind the ear to hold them on tighter. So they've really thought through a lot, uh, to that note, you know, and the rest is really making sure that the glasses you are getting comes with a good warranty. You know, when you are getting kids glasses, I'm really hesitant to getting them online. So a lot of parents will often choose an online route because of the cost perspective. And they say, oh, my kid's just going to break them. So let me go online and get them glasses because it's inexpensive. You have to remember these are a medical device and they were prescribed for a reason. And that reason is to provide proper vision and development um, for your child. And when it's done online, when it's not measured by a licensed optician, uh, 
You don't know that the lenses are centered properly. You don't even know if they put the proper lens in the frame. I've seen stories where what you get back from an online order is not the prescription you ordered. And your kid's not going to tell you that they can or can't see well out of those glasses. Again, because they don't know any different, you know, and that can run into a lot of trouble. So I would say stick with a licensed optician. It might cost a little more, but from the vision benefit, you're doing better for your kid and find a frame that's really durable. If not the nano, then something else that has a flex hinge, some bend to it, and that it has a good warranty on it. A lot of places do take solace on um, parents of young kids and will have lens replacement programs. So you can all sort of sometimes pay like pay an extra $50, but then, you know, we can replace the lenses another time at no extra charge, you know, should your child destroy the frame. Uh, you know, so that's the deal with young, young kids. But if you, if anyone out there really knows a good trick to keeping them safe and on someone's face, give me a call or DM me on my Instagram at I care mom, because that's really all I have on that front. And then as they get older, contact lenses are a really good option. So you brought up contacts. We're starting contact lenses at a younger and younger age because the materials we're using for them are getting safer and safer. So, um, you know, we're used to see complications, you know, corneal ulcers, infections with the quality of lens we have today in a daily disposable contact lens. So that means your kid wears it once, they throw it in the garbage at the end of the day uh, or save it for a proper contact lens recycling program um, that that we have, you know, to keep the environment safe. Um, We've really seen a decrease in infections. And so we'll start kiddos and contact lenses really as young as seven years old now. Um, Seven is young, but particularly for those competitive athletes, so people doing hockey um, or competitive dance or gymnastics, and you really can't have glasses on your face, you know, moving around all the time, you know, we'll teach that seven-year-old in conjunction, sometimes even six, in conjunction with a parent who's confident in putting them in and taking them out, you know, and letting that kid at least wear them for their sports or their activities, Uh, you know, and then as they get older, you know, 10, 11, depending on that child and their responsibility, they can really start to wear contact lenses on a regular basis, you know, every day to school. And what I'll often tell parents and my kiddos who want contact lenses is, first of all, do they want them? Because if your kid doesn't want to wear contact lenses, I'm telling you, parent, right now, you are not getting it into their eyes. your, Your kid has to want them because at the end of the day, it's them putting it into their eye and taking it out. And then can they keep a clean bathroom? Can they keep a clean bedroom? Can they keep a clean knapsack? You know, what is their level of sort of cleanliness, hygiene, and responsibility? You know, and if they're that kid, and I see, you know, eight-year-olds that can do it, that that really are that organized individual, you know, that should they have a problem with their contact lens while away at school, they could handle it safely, you know, then they're ready. You know, and then I'll get 13, 14, 15-year-olds who are totally not ready. So it it really is knowing your kid. Um, But with the technology now that we have and the safety profile these lenses have, it's really opened up, you know, a whole new world to to young kids that we didn't have before. There's so much. I feel like you should have a podcast, honestly, because the topic is deep. 
You have taught me so much. I mean, look, Alana, everyone, last night, Alana is giving me tips on how to hook up a headphone to do this podcast. (laughs) I think it's so interesting. And I think, let's talk, I want to get into the ocular beauty piece that we do. You sort of. That's the fun part. (laughs) Tell us about that, because I'm keen to learn as somebody who is getting closer and closer to 40. Tell me about ocular beauty, because that just sounds very interesting. What are you referring to, Michelle, exactly? Yeah, so great question. So it's really a whole new area, and I'm really excited to be sort of in the forefront of this development. But I think, I mean, for years and years, we've had beauty trends and beauty trends that involve our eye, and they're not always so good for our eyes. And as eye doctors, we would sit back and be like, ooh, like look at all this, like, you know, buildup or infection from from lash extensions or look at, you know, you know, what the glands you've been killing off with tattoo eyeliner or the corneal burns you're getting from the glue from your lashes or the overdone Botox that now like you can't even close your eye and your eyes so dry. So we've really sort of taken a back seat and help patients through the problems they have. But, you know, I think now we're trying to take a much more active role. We've seen people really run into issues with you know, really bad chronic dry eye that's very debilitating from the chemicals in our mascaras and our lash serums and our makeup, Um, you know, and we want to make sure we're getting out there safe cosmetics, you know, so things that won't cause harm to our eye, um, but also add that beauty, you know, back, you know, 10 years ago, even five years ago, patients would come crying to me saying like, my eyes are so dry, you know, I can hardly wear makeup. And when I told my eye doctor, he told me I'm not allowed to wear mascara and I can't not do that. And as a, as a female doctor, and again, a mom who's very tired and needs to look a little bit more awake in the day, like, I don't want anyone to tell me that I can't wear mascara, you know, so it's how do we make it possible for patients? Um, and that's what I'm so excited about is these really, um, you know, great products that are safe um, and effective. Um, and uh, it's just a whole new start to an industry. And I think as 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 moms, especially, and, and Alana, let me know if you were the same, but before being a mom, as an individual, I did not read labels. I didn't check what was in products. I really just used them. And then once I started having kids, when I had Max, he's now four, um, you know, I started to be more aware of what chemicals were in the products I was using on him. But again, as a mom, I never checked for what I was using in my own products, you know, and now it's really made me more aware to, to take care of ourselves. And again, you know, getting closer and closer to 40, feeling that need for a little bit of a lift or an oomph or, you know, an infusion of collagen to these very, you know, sagging eyes and skin, you know, it's just all come together. And that's really where the evolution of, you know, the eye aesthetic world and eye spa world has come out. And so, uh, you know, just in the past few months, we've had our, our launch for aesthetics, um, which is our eye spa that we've, you know, have as a spinoff to our eye care clinic because of finding sort of this, this need, this, this missing hole and this need for it. 
Michelle, I'll be first in line for ice spa. Love that. I think it's, it's so funny. I was laughing because my friend who is like eight years younger than me, I'm 38. And my, one of my good friends is 30 and she's also a mom. And I was talking to her about Botox because I recently started getting Botox in my forehead. I'm very public about my Botox use. And I was like, I just like how it looks. And her joke is she sent me this meme of like everybody who looks like Botox, who gets Botox like my age, just looks like everybody else their age with Botox. You know, it's not you look younger. You just look exactly like your other friends who are also in their like, you know, mid to late 30s who also have Botox. So I think everyone's always sort of looking for that cutting edge. And I like the idea of you know, sort of combating that tired eye, which is like chronic. And I'm all about you giving moms the the pink slip permission to do whatever the fuck they want. So let's, let's change the narrative a bit to be like, let's demystify this. Like if this is something that's going to make you feel good and look good, fucking do it. Like 1000%. Right. So a hundred percent. It's like, let's do it. And let's just make sure we're doing it safely, you know, and in the right hands. And I think, you know, that's another thing about Botox, um, you know, have, you know, having it myself, like I feel more awake. I feel more alert. Um, does it make me look any younger? No, but it is sort of freezing us where we're at a little bit, you know, so it's not, it might not make us look 10 years younger. And again, I think we need to be very aware of that. Don't expect to go, you know, to your nurse injector and walk out there looking 10 years younger, but what we can do is sort of freeze you where you're at today you know, at the best and any better, you'll get a bit of a refreshment, um, you know, and so let's do do it, but let's just make sure we're doing it safely. I love that so much. Michelle, somebody wants one thing today, your biggest takeaway right now, what do you want them to hear as we wrap up our interview today? That's been so informative. You're dropping gems like crazy. And I feel like we just scratched the surface with you. If there's one thing you want people to hear today, Michelle, what do you want them to hear if they hear nothing else? What's your biggest takeaway for our listeners? Uh, I think our biggest takeaway, you know, when it comes to us living in the digital world um, is, you know, let's in general, like, be kind to our eyes. Let's make sure we're getting them checked, uh, especially with the digital use, um, you know, and also make sure we're just taking breaks with them. I think we're so, um, you know, into our devices. Let's try to step away. Let's get outdoors and let's make sure our eyes are getting checked so that we know that what we are doing with them isn't harming them. Let's get outside and let's take care of our health. And the biggest thing I learned is I need to rush my children to your practice for an appointment um, yesterday. I, um, I'm coming to spot for myself and I think my entire family needs to come up there to shepherd. If somebody wants to find you, Michelle, and your fabulous wisdom and your practice, how can somebody find you, reach you? Just give me all your coordinates socially and otherwise. Perfect. Perfect. So I'm at, so if you want to book an eye appointment, I'm at, at, Eyes on Shepherd. We're at Young and Shepherd in North York, an amazing practice that's really outfitted to see pediatrics all the way through to seniors. Um, so you can find me at Eyes on Shepherd. You can book an appointment online. You can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at iCareMom, and that's where you can find out about everything from babies to bifocals to Botox 
Um, I talk about all of it, um, you know, and answer all your questions. You can always DM me any eye care questions, um, you know, and if you want to come to our eye spa, we've launched, it's open. Um, we're doing, you know, no charge consultations uh, for moms and for the mom halo community. And that's at, at Aesthetics Toronto, if you want to follow our handle um, or Aesthetics, like I and then aesthetics. <laughs> I love it, Michelle. Michelle, you're so awesome. This was such an informative interview. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Elena. Everybody. Thanks for the platform to share so how important our eyes are. I love it, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Sick Kids is helping redefine what's possible in pediatrics. Also, children can lead healthier, happier lives. In 2021, Project Halo raised over $150,000 to help build a new sick kids designed to better serve patients and families. This will include spaces devoted to parents and caregivers, spaces to feel calm, relief, and rest. We are calling on our community again this year to join us in helping build a state-of-the-art hospital. Together, there are no limits to what we can achieve. To learn more and to donate, go to fundraise.sickkidsfoundation.com backslash Project Mom Halo. Thank you for your generosity and support.